This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin. I aided and abetted by Dean Holland and we have a special guest today, which I'll let you introduce. How are you, Charlie? I'm great, Dean. Thank you very much. And welcome again, Paul Oliver. Yeah. Good morning. Joining us from the Urban Nature Store with everything you need to know about birds and wildlife and just fun, educational, outdoor stuff. And we've already been chatting birds, but oh, like we couldn't, couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> we all we have, and you and I have similar questions, which we can uh, get to a little bit later. Yes. But uh, uh, let me give out the phone sure. numbers, and then I think you said you have an announcement or two. Uh, that you, please give us a call now. Of course, gardening questions, yes, but if you have any bird-related question, today is the day for sure. Could be about a, a feed, could be about bird bath, could be about anything at all to do with birds, because that is uh, Paul's expertise. So give us a call four one six three six zero zero seven four. That's the Toronto number, or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in the province of Ontario, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Do let Ashy know if you're a first-time caller, and I will give you your garden wings. And, of course, we want you to call often, call early, and please, one question per call. That is much, much appreciated. What you got there, Charlie? There's the rules, as spoken by Dean. Yes. One question per call. Heads up. Pay attention, (laughs) or he'll slap you. So do those chimes sound like a chime you might sell at the Urban Nature Store? Oh, yes. We have a large selection of of chimes, even up to like 60 inches, 70 inch long ones that almost go like big gongs. But the little ones are the ones I like because they're sort of the Tinkerbell. Yeah, exactly. Like there's little fairies floating around. Little fairies floating around. We like to think of them as garden wings. (laughs) Absolutely, because you get your garden wings when you call in for the first first time. time. We always welcome new new listeners, new callers. A couple of quick (laughs) updates before we go to our first break today this is a holiday market opens today actually it opened yesterday for members at the toronto botanical gardens but it's open all weekend to the public so that's today and tomorrow uh from 10 a.m so after the garden show so stay and listen till it's over until four of course, TBG is Lawrence and Leslie, a uh, lovely place to go visit. And of cr- it's a kind of a cool holiday market. Shopping local, over 100 local vendors will be there showcasing all kinds of cool stuff, whether nice. it's soaps or honeys or, you know, cool, neat stuff. There's lots of bulbs for sale in the garden shop because the, there is a garden shop on site. So pick up your amaryllis <laughs> or paper whites if you like paper whites. I do like paper whites. I hate paper whites. Do you? I like them. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Did they I say that out loud? Did, no, they don't, they don't it's think they, they smell sm- nice, It's right? the smell. That's, they don't smell. I love them, but I hate the smell. But I love the look of them. They make me want to throw up. Yeah. Oh, okay, well then you don't want to have those. Yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, I, I once took one home and, you know, put it in little pebbles and 
And I lived in a townhouse in those days. Walk in the front door, and the whole house was full of the smell of paper. It's like, oh my gosh, throw that out, Outside. open the windows. Yeah, never can't, again. Can't deal with never that. Again. But but they're beautiful to look at. They are really pretty. The other thing that's happening during this um, this is a two weekend event. I might mention this holiday market at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. They have master gardeners on site. They have free garden advice clinics, and they're doing some special clinics. One o'clock, nurturing your winter houseplants. Drop in. Ask your questions at 2 p.m. all about garden tools. And then again at 3 o'clock, nurturing your garden houseplants. So experts to help if you've got questions on site. One other thing, Christmas with Milne House. So Milne House is an interesting group. They have been at the, in Toronto. It's a women Women with white gloves, basically. Okay. Um, kind of like the Garden Club. They're, I think they're kind of a branch of the Toronto Garden Club, Garden Club of Toronto. Uh, anyway, they do have a fundraiser going on. The, the money raised will go to the Children's Education Department at the Toronto Botanical Garden. The host is Michael Erdman. The day is Tuesday, December 5th, from 1 o'clock till 7 o'clock. So it's quite an event. You're going to learn to create a festive swag. Everything is included, all your materials, and uh, there'll be lots of great snacks. There always is at these events, and uh, it is only $50. So for more information, contact milnhouse.christmas at gmail.com. Sounds great. Okay, well, we are delighted to be spending this time. We have to take a short break, though. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Uh, the numbers to give us a call... Certainly, if you have a gardening question, but uh, more importantly today, if you have a bird question, which, of course, birds hang out in the garden, <laughs> uh, call us at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. I was just thinking as I was listening to that music with all the list of all the flowers mm. that I, I am going to give myself a task for the next time that Paul is in. I'm going to rewrite that song oh. with all different birds <laughs> Bird. instead Ooh. of different flowers. And so, You've just said that on the air yeah, now. I'll do you, it. you got to be committed I'll to that. And you have to sing it. You have to sing it, too. I'll sing it as well, for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Woo, now you, you to look forward to. talking before the show, we, we actually have a, a joint question. We have the same question. Mm-hmm, sort of. Yeah, well, I mentioned last week that I got a heater for my right. bird bath. So and you have it already, do yes, you? Yes, I do, and okay. it was working great. It's working great. We've had some cold nights. Yeah. But... And the birds have found it, and they've been pretty brave. The blue jays I mentioned, those crazy blue jays, they were the first to step into the birdbath. Yeah. And then the um, doves followed because they're afraid of pretty much nothing. They don't yeah. think they have much of a brain, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, they, they, they've all been having fun. But guess what's happening? It's filling up with, like, feathers and bird poo and all kinds of kind of yucky stuff. So, Paul, what do I do? It's January. It's 90 below. I've got my little tub of water I keep in the house for filling. But what do I do when the birdbath looks like crap? Well, you do need to keep them clean in the wintertime the same as you do in in the summer. And that's just taking a brush and just wiping it around to uh, clean out the stuff that's at the edges. If it's actually frozen, a little bit of the crud at the sides Mm -hmm. or that, um, just take some hot water, put it in there, let it melt down, and then just... uh, 
uh, brush it uh, out of there. Oh, it's um, often, yeah. What a lot of people do is if if the birdbath isn't too heavy, is they'll just flip it up, dump mm-hmm. it out, mm-hmm. and then just refill well, it that's up. That's one of my issues. My birdbath is quite heavy. It's, yeah. Well, the two of us, Elliot and I together, can take that concrete top. I'd be into- Af- After they take the snowmobile down to see it, actually. <laughs> it's, it, you almost need binoculars to see it from. Well, no, no, I made it close enough oh, to the house. Oh, you brought it closer. Okay. Well, because I don't, I want to see the birds. Yes. And I want to be able to get there, you know, not have to like get yeah. on a snowmobile to go fill water. So, but the birds love shelter. So mm. I didn't want to put it just like right in the middle of my patio, right? That would be silly. They wouldn't, I didn't think they, because they all, birds always like to deke into some kind of shelter. Um, so there's a little bit of stuff around them, no major trees or anything. You think that's going to work? Um, yeah, when you're placing the bird bath, it's not as important as a feeder okay. where it's placed because um, they'll pop out just because it's the water and they'll find find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's near uh, shrubs or something like that, where if a predator showed up, they have a place to to deke into or hide out in uh, for for safety. Yeah. Uh, the placement it, during the winter is more important with the feeders where it's windy and things like that. Um, you want to move your f- feeder around so that it's actually cl- more sheltered uh, because we get that cold, cold uh, wind uh, during mm-hmm. the winter. Right. It's kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to just move fe- feeders, but um, and particularly if they're, once they're frozen into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just flashed on something. So so the Blue Jays, who are the bravest by far, I've heard... And that, the loudest. Yeah, really loud. <laughs> and the hungriest. Man, yeah. we're going to be getting another mortgage to keep the bird, <laughs> Blue Jays fed. Um, the um, I've read that if you have lots of Blue Jays around, it helps with scaring predators away in the sense that the predators either see the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays start, you know, going after them, hawks and such. Is there truth to that, do you think? Yeah, the, the more aggressive the bird is or the bigger the bird... Um, the less inclined that the predator birds will stay in the area. Um, so um, if you've just got small chickadees or, or doves or, or something like that, more passive birds, mm-hmm. the predator birds are more likely to say, okay, this is where I'm going to hang out and stay for all the time. But blue jays are such a territorial bird um, that even um, if a predator bird tries to come into the area, Several blue jays will squawk and Go. defend their area and them. and uh, do that. It just depends on the, how aggressive the the predator bird is. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, the predator bird just wants an easy area to go to. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that's disrupting that, they'll go somewhere else. They'll go somewhere. They else. have options. Yeah, there's and lots. it's. I know we don't like grackles. Grackles will scare away some of the predator birds right. as well. But they'll also be quite annoying themselves. Well, they just make such a mess. And also the fact that they grackles are the ones that lay their eggs in other birds. Nests, right? Uh, they, they'll do that, but it's not as common as such a, like a cowbird, which, oh, does which it even more so? It, it is basically that's their uh, how they raise their babies is find other ones to and, do it. And it's funny because I always end up with a baby cowbird on my window ledge, <laughs> and it's looking at itself in the in the window, and it doesn't recognize that it's itself. And I'm thinking, like, I keep going, I'm not your mother, and, <laughs> no. you know, because I think that's the problem. The poor little cowbirds, they get born and they don't know who their mother is. That's a, so the, that's a doctor. Seuss book. Yeah, Are you my they, mother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and this poor little cowbird just goes up and down mm. the window hour after hour after hour. My, my cat loves it, but it's a good entertainment for cats. Okay, we, uh, we have to go do another break, but I'm going to give the phone numbers out. I have one caller on the line, which we're going to get to as soon as we come back. Uh, the numbers to call us, 416-360-0740. Don't be shy. That's the Toronto number, one 866 We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show, and uh, we have Paul Oliver in the studio, as well as, of course, Charlie Dobbin. And just before I give the numbers out, what is, is there anything at all going on in your garden, or is it just done for the year? Is there anything left to do? Because I don't know how much snow you may or may not have. We had snow these this past these past couple days. Hey, we had a bit of rain this week, okay. which is always a blessing. Because we're just our yeah. water table's gone down so low with yeah. so little rain. So no, we're. Um, I put up a few Christmas lights. I started that process when it was a little bit mild, and I've wrapped. I still have three more evergreens to wrap. I was just waiting for the rain because that rain, I wanted that to percolate down into the trees as much as possible. It is windy and sunny at my place, so that's why I do wrap a few evergreens just to protect them. Because it's quite exposed. It is. It's, you know, what happens when it's a new home and a new property and you plant trees and they start growing, but it takes a while. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's good. Everything is coming along quite nicely. And and yeah, we're having some fun. I'm telling you, those blue jays are just so entertaining. Elliot's out there at least two or three times a day filling up that really. platform feeder. and Because the, they start screaming. Well, what did you say, Paul, that in the morning when you turn the light on? and it, it, I, When I turn the light on in the morning, the squirrels know that we're uh, awake. And then within 30 seconds, you can hear the squawking of the uh, Blue Jays saying, okay, it's, it's they're, breakfast time. They're awake. Fill the feeder. Oh, and do you do like I do with the platform feeder? We actually put them actually out on the railing, oh. um, and so that they'll come right up to uh, to the patio and they'll uh, feed right off of there. And in the springtime, what you'll actually see is the mommy uh, blue jay out there showing the babies how to check the nuts in the in the oh, shell, yeah. and she'll pick it up and she'll shake it and put it back down. And then if one of the babies doesn't do it properly, she squawks and disciplines them right. I on was going to say they, they do wow. this kind of lunge at, at anything that any bird that's bugging them. Huh. They, they look like they're going to pierce them with their very sharp beaks. Wow. Yeah, fun, eh? Yeah. Birds are so fun. They are fun. Okay, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We're going to take our first caller now. We have Diane, who's on the line from Dorchester. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Yes, good morning, Dean, Charlie, and Paul. Um, Listen, I have a dilemma here. I have a suggestion, but I have a question. And I know, Dean, I have to stay to your rules. You do. <laughs> Thanks, Could I give you the suggestion as <laughs> sure, well? Sure. Of this, course. One suggestion about, and one question. About, and then yeah, the, that's it, Diane. <laughs> okay, yes. The bird bass uh, situation, uh, we have um, had this uh, uh, thing for years, and finally I've... Uh, told my husband we're going to use it. A friend has used it as well. You know, when you have a dog that lives outside mm-hmm. or anything, and it's um, it's Heated. sort of a resin, and it's got an electrical thing to it. Well, instead of going and getting a special bird bath or anything, they have used that for years and years. They've put it on the railing on their uh, back porch, and I love it when we sit there. We're, we're, the birds don't even care anymore. We can look out through their uh, back door, 
and uh, they come right up and they take a bath, summer, winter, whatever. The squirrels, every <laughs> everything uh, does that. So very inexpensive, and I know you can get it at PV. We've mm-hmm. we've had ours, and and uh, I'm glad you're asking, Charlie, because. Um, you know, you don't want the cord to go too far because then you l- lose on the hydro aspect of it. Right. And we're we're going to have to put it right out on our uh, back deck there. So I got to tell you, Diane, Paul is nodding his head. He's mm-hmm. saying yes. What's, yeah. what's your yeah? The uh, a lot of a lot of people use pet bowl. Heated mm-hmm. pet bowls mm-hmm. for their bird baths. We sell them as as well as the heated bird baths. Um, oh, one that's thing, good. W- one thing with the uh, sometimes are quite deep mm-hmm. is actually putting a bit some river stones in it just for particular for the birds to actually perch on so that they can easily get at the water and it's not too high or too slippery. Uh, for them. It yes. ju- just depends on the design of the uh, heated uh, pet bowl. That's a good idea. Yeah, I've got lots of rocks here. My husband said I have too many rocks. I have rocks <laughs> in my head. <laughs> but my question is now, okay, I listened to you a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about the uh, Christmas cactus, and mine's been going for about a week and a half now, and I have fertilized it. Mm. <clears throat> just gorgeous. But how long do I keep fertilizing it? I don't, I'm not going to put any more fertilizer in until it needs watering. Right. But how long do we keep fertilizing? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and listen and let the rest of your uh, callers uh, get through. Okay, Thank great. you very much. Oh, thank you. Best, You're, You're the, the best. best. She is. That, that was to try and avoid asking another yeah, question. I yeah. Good, really good plan. So how long, so I did mention a couple of weeks ago that we do fertilize our indoor plants when they're actively growing. So many plants are not actively growing. They've gone into a winter semi-dormancy. However, Christmas cactus, if they're blooming, hmm. amaryllis, if they're blooming, orchids, if they're blooming, African violets. These are uh, indoor plants that can keep active right through the, the darkest days of December. So we do fertilize. Obviously, do not add any more fertilizer to your water than what the package says. So follow the instructions. Better to undermix than overmix the fertilizer. And use it when you water. Because we water our Christmas cactuses mm, every, what, three, four weeks, you could uh, even add a little, like, and put less fertilizer, make it more of a water-based uh, liquid, and then use it every time you water your um, Christmas cactus right through till till the flowers are done. Once the flowers are done, the plant will now hunker down and build up resources for next year. So at that point, it's strictly water, and it's not very often you'll find after they're flowering. Okay. Okay, very good. Um, I, I think it's sometimes... I laughed. I was chuckling to myself when you said, put in only what is recommended yeah, or less. Yeah. Uh, it would be funny. Do we think, do people think that if they put in more, they're going to get more blooms? They think it's like, I'd say, I, I do the old, if a one a day vitamin is the right amount of vitamins, yeah. should you take two a day and be twice as healthy? No. No. Same thing. So you can, you can overdo, you, you can. You, you can hurt your plants. Right. That's right. Because okay. fertilizer is a salt. It's this form of a salt. It's not table salt. You know, it's not sodium chloride, but it is a form of salt. Okay. And it's the salt that does damage to the roots in, in the soil if you over-fertilize. So always better to, it, like, err on the side of under rather mm-hmm. than over. Okay, okay. Okay, we have another caller on the line. We've got uh, David from Mississauga. And David is a first-time caller. Ooh. Welcome uh, to the Garden Show, David. Hello, thank you. Hi, I'd like to give you your garden weeds just before you ask your question, okay? Because you've earned them. Yeah. There you go. Thanks for being a first-time caller. What do you got for Charlie? 
Long-time listener, too. Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> I have uh, approximately, say, 80-square-foot raised bed with strawberries in it. How should I fertilize them and prepare the, it for winter? Should I cover it with straw or, or give me your direction, please? <laughs> so there's a new raised bed you planted it this past summer? Uh, it's been there about uh, two or three years. Also, I, uh, I guess part B of that question would be, I've heard that strawberries have to be replaced every so often, the plants. Uh, it depends on the health of the plants and how vigorous they are, which is going to depend on the value or the quality of your soil that they're planting in. So yeah, when... it was all topsoil I put in this raised bed, like about 18 inches. Okay, so that's about how high it is. What I would do is, so right now when you look at it, you still see green plants sitting on the surface of the soil and soil in between the plants, right? Yes. Okay. If you can get a hold of some straw, I would. <clears throat> raised beds, because of the walls that are exposed to the weather, are colder than in the ground. So sometimes we will have death of the plants in the raised beds if, it gets, if it's a cold, cold winter. So that's a way to, we say, insulate. You're not really keeping the strawberries warm. What you're going to try and do is by putting the straw around them, and you're going to tuck strawberry around the plants and in between the plants and sort of firm it down just with your hands uh, so that when it rains and snows, the, the straw will stay there. You'll pull it away from the plants in the spring once things start to thaw, but it will help temper the temperature extremes. So really cold, really warm. We get that in southern Ontario, unfortunately, in the middle of winter. Very confusing to plants. I even had flies waking up and buzzing around when I was barbecuing the other day. <laughs> so you know the, the yeah. wildlife is confused by the weather. They can't help it. They respond to temperature, right? Yeah. So yeah, you, w the straw will help keep them dormant, keep them sem you know, insulated. And then yeah, in the spring, pull the straw away and I would get a hold of some manure, composted manure, 80 square feet, probably four or five bags of manure. Get that just on the surface. Don't dig it in. Uh, put it right over top of the straw, around, not touching the strawberries. And you should be good to go and get a great crop of strawberries next year. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for the call, David. Thanks for being a longtime listener. And don't be a stranger. Uh, those numbers again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six. 740-4740. Now, I, we should mention that with Paul in the studio, uh, that we have a uh, we have a secret code, right? You and I are like syn synchronized. Uh, yeah, right? are we? Yeah, Were yeah. you thinking we the same thing? We should be swimming thing? right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could be, we'd be absolutely we tuned. <laughs> we could be in the Olympics, you and I. <laughs> probably. The Paralympics, probably. <laughs> probably. So what is the, we have a secret code, we and that do, gets Paul. us a special Tell us a bit about how of, that works. Um, yeah, so uh, any listener, if they go to the urbannaturestore.ca website. In the very top of the page is a secret code uh, bar. Um, enter the secret word of cardinal. Shh, don't say that too loud. <laughs> okay. So cardinal anytime over the next 24 hours, and then you'll get a $10 gift card sent to you. Yeah, and you can use that gift card online or print it or put it, you know, keep it on your phone and take it into a store because I've done that. Yep. So it's just, it gets emailed directly to you. And as a result of having used the secret code and getting the emails, I get um, information from the Urban Nature store. So I'm totally tuned into what's going on and what your specials are and what's on sale and all that kind of stuff. So that's something I would recommend. And you mentioned a blog as well. Yes. Yeah, so you can sign up for our blog, which tells you how to do different birding things, how to attract cardinals, variety of different a wide range of topics and then we also have a uh, email program where we send out discounts savings 
often free products. We announce new products, discounts on them. Um, so it's a great way to save money on your uh, bird seed and all your other birding supplies. Because once you're hooked, you are hooked for life, and it's not a cheap hobby. <laughs> it starts adding up. Yeah, they, the, the birds get really upset when you've been feeding them, and then all of a sudden the food is gone. Yeah, sorry, we can't afford any food this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They start knocking on the they window. They do, they do. They're like squawking. Hey, yeah. They are so loud. They're, they're fun, though. I do. I am enjoying them. Okay, so, uh, Paul, a placement. Placement of a bird feeder. I'm, I have to say, I'm, we're in a corner house, so our house is, like many corner houses, set back. So um, I'm going to put it out front because we have big, big bay windows. Okay, um, but we also have large trees on the property, and so <laughs> for me, it's a bit of a game because I think I have to put that pole in just the right spot. So because I can sense that the squirrels are going to try their jump. best to jump they from will. a tree onto that feeder. Is there a, a, a sort of a, a, a distance that is safe-ish? Well, uh, <laughs> with squirrels, if they get a good running leap from a bir- uh, from a branch, <laughs> I probably can fly through the air about yeah. six feet. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. having it a bit further out than that Eight from okay. from the tree, um, a male squirrel <laughs> from the ground just uh, high vaulting, jumping straight up, can jump about four feet. Wow! Um, they are pretty strong in that. So putting a baffle out there to to yeah. stop that. But what I t- suggest to people is place the feeder most importantly where you can actually enjoy watching yeah. it. Um, so you can sit inside, you can have your tea or your glass of wine, watch the birds. Um, birds will feed from the ground right up to about 12, 13 feet in the air. Oh, okay. Um, most people will put it about uh, six to seven feet above the ground, keep the squirrels off, um, and just make sure it's, it's positioned so you can enjoy it. You just don't want it too close to the window mm-hmm. um, so that there, uh, it doesn't cause accidents. And, mm-hmm. and having it close to the window, the one challenge is it's when birds are on it and predator birds shows up and they all scatter yeah. and they hit a window by accident. Yeah. Um, so having it back a little bit or right up tight against the window. Window feeders are great. Because yeah, I was going to say, how do those work? Why don't birds hurt themselves on the window? Because they're actually, they know where they're going. They're actually they landing the because they see the yeah. feeder, they see the food and they're, they're landing on it. Um, and so um, it's it's a target for them as opposed to an open window that doesn't have any um, decals or something on it where they right. think it's just open fly zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabulous. No, I... Okay, we okay. have a bird question on the line, oh, okay. uh, so we're going to go to that now. I've got Sheila calling from Georgetown. Welcome to the Garden Show, Sheila. Oh, thanks very much. I, I love the show. I listen to it faithfully every, every Saturday, so thanks for all the good advice. Oh, fabulous. Yes, and you have a bird question, do you? Yeah, I do. Um, so underneath our deck, every single year since we've moved here, uh, we have robins nesting. And they've been fine. The, the young birds have um, hatched well, come out to fly and you know, start their lives. Mm-hmm. But the last two years, the nests have been um, attacked in some way. Um, so I either see broken shells on the ground or sadly <laughs> last year... Um, a little tiny baby robin. The only thing that's up there that I see are um, squirrels. Do squirrels attack robins? Uh, they'll actually uh, attack an open squir- uh, open uh, eggs or, or an open nest that uh, the eggs are ac- accessible on. Squirrels will do that. Um, raccoons definitely yeah. uh, will do that. And, and then sometimes other predator birds will will do that. Um, uh, attack it. Um, 
there's not a lot you can do about it. What a lot of people will do is they'll actually uh, get a robin a roosting uh, platform, mm. try to reposition it in a bit safer area. The so nest, that, you mean like move d- the nest? Yeah, not mo- moving the nest, but in by having it out in the spring is another platform mm. for her to build it maybe in a safer, oh, okay. um, safer area. Um, generally, what happens if it happens a couple of years in a row and it's the same mommy bird, she'll select a different location uh, for safety uh, purposes. It's the same when a hummingbird shows up. She builds two nests, mm-hmm. one for her first mm-hmm. brood, reuses it if it's, if it's good, and if it's had problems, she moves to the mm-hmm. second uh, mm-hmm. nest. Robins will do the same season to season, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, a lot of people, if they have a robin's nest that they build it over top of the light in their backyard. Mm-hmm. I was going to mm-hmm. see that all the time. Uh, yeah. And it's a good pl- flat surface is people will actually just make something so that it's, they can't do it on there, but they'll uh, provide a platform for right. them to do it close by. Yeah, because people who can't use their, their back door because they get attacked by the mummy robin mm-hmm. every time they try to go in and out of the house when she's nesting. So, yeah. so yeah, so your point is provide... Nice platform. So platforms need to be at least, what, seven, eight feet off the ground for robins? About that for safety uh, purposes. And um, they just mount against a wall or a post, and it gives them about seven or eight inches uh, extended out area, um, square area for them to uh, build their nest on. And let's put it right on that platform. I've seen that. Yes. And I've seen people run like a a piece of lumber, you know, Mm. two by six or even wider, maybe one by ten, under the eaves of a oh. outhouse, an out, outbuilding, a yeah. you know, barn or something, mm-hmm. and just run that whole platform so that robins can just run their nests just Better. under the eaves because they're out of the weather there, too. Yes. Okay, dokie. Okay, we have to take our next break, uh, but we will be right back with much more of The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. Going to go right to our next caller. We have Diane, who has followed the rules and called back. (laughs) Oh, bless you. I am so happy. Welcome back to The Garden Show, Diane. Hey there, Diane. Are you there? This container of yeah. steel-cut oats. Okay. Um, uh, we bought such a big bag, and my, uh, we don't particularly care for them. I like the normal oats. So my husband was thinking, would it be safe for us? They're almost like, you know, the little barley that yeah. you get and I you put in you uh, your soups and stuff. So would it be safe, Paul, for you to mix a little bit of that in with the bird seed? We were afraid, you know, it's like you hear stories about people giving the geese and other birds mm. bread because they think that they're feeding them, but it can be unhealthy for them. And we didn't want to do something that could possibly mm. uh, harm their uh, uh, digestion. Yes, you can definitely put that in with the bird seed. What you probably will see is some of the birds kick it out of the feeder onto the ground. It's not their favorite food. Um, A lot of bird seed manufacturers use oats and rolled oats and that as filler in their bird seed to the cheaper mixes. Um, it's not harmful for them. It, if they eat it, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll, if it's a lot of sunflower in there, they'll prefer the sunflower or the deshelled peanuts or other more tasty uh, mm-hmm. things. But uh, just mixing it in rather than wasting it uh, will uh, uh, will be fine. Uh, but okay. don't be disappointed. Thank you so very much. Don't, <laughs> don't be you. disappointed but, if yeah. they're uh, fussy yeah. and they the uh, toss it 
it down onto the ground. <laughs> Your squirrel will okay. probably get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. will, okay, somebody thank will you. get Bye. it. Thanks, Dan. Nice. Sounds, like, sounds like the counter at my house. You know, if I put potato chips there and I put some breadsticks and some, you know, the kids are going to go for the potato chips, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> and They're see gonna, what ends up on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then guess who gets to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay, we have another uh, bird question on the line. I believe we have uh, Yasmin, who's calling from Hamilton. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Yasmin. Hi, good morning, all of you. Morning. Uh, Paul, I heard you a few year, weeks ago here at the Hamilton Hot Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed the talk. But anyway, my question is, uh, we have a birdhouse, and we see, see a lot of birds coming and trying to make a nest, but no one is really um, using the house. What could have we been doing wrong? Uh, with uh, providing housing, about 30%-ish of birds in our area will use human-built, constructed houses uh, for them. Sometimes it's the placement of it that they just don't feel safe on it. Um, and, and a lot of times is if a lot of birds have been at it or it's too close to a feeder and there's just too much traffic in the area, mommy bird will not like it. But the other thing is if you get wrens going to it, um, the wren will come along, build a house, um, but it's actually the male that builds it in the wren family, and he has to build two or three houses, and then his wife gets to pick the best one. Wow. So, so, <laughs> sounds right sounds to me. so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so in some cases, it's he's, that's one of the three houses, and it wasn't the one that cut the mustard, uh, oh. and uh, she picked. Um, the other thing birds will do is they'll often scout out two or three different locations so that if they're doing a second brood, they have a backup uh, house to to go to, Mm. and they'll be nesting somewhere else. But in a lot of cases, there may just be too much bird activity in the area for them to to build a nest. And also remember, open your house. Make sure there's no debris in there from last season. So that is, you'll, they'll never, no bird's going to move into a dirty house yeah. from last year's nesting materials. Yeah. What, I, what I always say is the mommy bird wants to decorate it herself. She's been watching all those decorating TV shows yeah. and she has her own ideas. <laughs> um, but one thing you can do with the house now in the wintertime or as we get ready for the winter is take some long grass, put it into a ball, put it in the bottom of the house and the birds will often use it as a roosting pocket during the winter an area just when it's freezing rain or really windy they can pop in it's a protection area they'll hang out for a couple of hours rest up sort of like an airbnb like an airbnb <laughs> but they don't tax it the same way so um, <laughs> it's good <laughs> but uh but that bit of grass just provides a bit of a cushion so that they're not sitting on the cold uh, and surface dries them out a bit and dries too. them out yeah. nice. but before the spring comes and the migratory birds come back clean that out because once again she wants an empty uh, house that she can decorate and hope the squirrels don't move in in the meantime yeah I am so ready to take on the squirrels. I, know. I well, I'm, gonna, I'm so I'm mad. I'm going to set up a camera outside. I want to see them jump in their six feet. Yeah. <laughs> I've had them do that. Did eh? you? But, yeah. Oh, they can really jump. Yeah, they, I think it's going to be quite amusing. They'll do anything for I'm going to get out there with my tape measure, and I'm going to figure out exactly <laughs> yeah, get the right place for my pole. Yeah. Which one has the best long jump? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. It's and Vaseline be... works, just so I've you know. i heard that. Vaseline, Vaseline on the pole, does, yeah. yeah. it does work. There you go. Baffles work best, but Vaseline does work. Love it. 
uh, 416-360-0740 is the Toronto number, or one 740 Let's go, uh, I've got uh, uh, Gloria on the line. Uh, Gloria's calling from Scarborough. I think she has a flower question. What do you got there, uh, Gloria? Welcome to the Garden Show. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Dean. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I've listened to your show for years. I just love it. Beautiful. Anyhow, um, I haven't been feeling well, so I didn't get my da- dahlias uh, uh, stored up for the winter. Mm. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, can I put them in a box? I usually put them in with peat moss, but I can't use it anymore. It gets in my lungs. Mm. So, Did you what? lift the dahlias, or are they still outside? Oh, no, I lifted them uh, they're in my basement, okay. in my basement. Right, so it's, uh, clean off some of the dry soil, because I'm sure that that's dry, the soil has dried. We um, also cut off any debris, any um, bits of foliage, anything that's not appropriate. You, you want the tubers, but you don't want any of the old um, debris attached. Then, yeah, box them up. You've used peat moss in the past. You can use, if you wanted to go to a local garden center or home store, just get some sterile potting mix. Something that's never been used before, and it should be clean and sterile, bacteria-free, etc. You can store those dahlias into anything as long as it's clean. But use a little mister and moisten. You don't put it into pure dry uh, mix. It's got to be a bit moistened. So whether it's peat moss or potting mix, potting mix these days rarely has peat because peat is so expensive. And instead, it's core. So C-O-I-R, the cocoa fiber, um, comes from the tropics. But nevertheless, it's not dusty. So you can spritz it, moisten it. Get those dahlias under the, uh, the the media and then into the dark, cool dark, and just put them away. Check them every month or so. I like to keep track of my tubers in case they're too wet, too dry, and uh, let them just stay asleep. And then in spring, you'll pot them up in March or April. Can I start them in? I have some potting mix. You know, when you start your seedlings, mm-hmm. can I use that? You can if you haven't already used it. I, I don't think I have used. I'll have yeah. to check no, and see. Works. Yep, yep, that works. And a lot of times, dahlias, if they were they in the ground at your house or in pots? Oh, yes. It took me hours to get them all out. Okay. Yeah. You've got that many. Wow. All right. Well, get that big you know, Rubbermaid tub going and start layering them in there. You don't want the tubers touching each other, if possible. You do want that media in between, and dark and cool will keep them asleep. And, and, and they should be covered, just yes. the little uh, uh, stalk that comes up in the middle should be showing, I guess. Um, no, that can be covered as well if you've got well. that many. But if sometimes if we grow our dahlias in pots outside all summer, then we just bring the pot, like pot and all just comes in. So you're right, then the little stem would be sticking up above ground. Yeah, okay, I'll, okay. I'll try that and, and get them covered right. and then put them in the storage under... In my cold storage. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so Thanks much for, for your call, calling. Gloria. Yeah, no, they're thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Can't love. Okay, love we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. I am so keen to rewrite that song for next time Paul's <laughs> back with all the bird names in there. It's going to be glorious. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm bringing happen. my little tape recorder. <laughs> it'll happen. Uh, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Uh, if you have a garden question or specifically this uh, this week with a bird question because we have uh, Paul Oliver here from Urban Nature Stores. Uh, how many stores are there in Ontario, Paul? Uh, we have eight stores plus the online urbannaturestore.ca. Okay. And the secret word is uh, that we have on the show here is cardinal. Cardinal. Bright red, beautiful cardinal to yes. watch during the winter. Yes. And if you enter that word cardinal into that seek top secret little box at the top, you will receive a $10 off gift certificate Yes, that can be used online or in-store. Now, that um, offer is only valid until... We leave the secret code up for about 24 hours. There you um, go. So and do it so today. Do it today, just before you rush out and do your re- second Boxing Day or second Black, Black Friday, Friday uh, shopping. And, of course, you're doing Black Friday deals as well. Yes, yeah. and they're extended to today as well. So uh, we're lots of sales out there. Yeah. At, lots of stores have sales. And, uh, and you know what? Bird feed is expensive, so take advantage. <laughs> if you're feeding birds, grab those sales. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to our next caller. We have Kathy calling from uh, South Buffalo. Welcome to the Garden Show, Kathy. Hello. Um, Hello. I know you guys uh, have a wonderful show, but I want to say I bet you all live out in the country where you have well water, and I'm in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, My brother, he has a rat in his yard, and with the bird feeder, some of the seed falls on the ground. Does the Urban Nature Store sell a really good rat trap that won't? Like, I don't know if squirrels are silly enough to fool around with a rat trap, but <laughs> what do you suggest? Good what do you suggest? <laughs> we do sell some different tra- types of traps for wildlife, but in this case, I would probably suggest focusing on the feeder and the seed rather than the symptom of it. Um, So um, putting out a really good squirrel-proof feeder and then putting out seed that is something like sunflower hearts where there's no shells. No mess. And no mess. And the amount of stuff that falls to the ground becomes microscopic and there's no attractant then for rodents to come to the yard. And um, so... uh, Well, we've uh, got sewers. We've got sewers. It's not well water. So there's always a rat looking for something to eat, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think we need to catch the rat, but what do you mm. think? What are you going to do with it if you catch it, though? Well, no, I would assume this is some kind of a device that would he would enter, mm-hmm. but he couldn't get back out. Yeah, the, what do they call those heart... Um, they they uh, like they have a heart. Have type. a heart is yeah. one of the brands yeah. called Have a Heart Traps. I've and then what do you do? Do you drop well, it back down to, the sewer? I, I tried to ha- um, have a heart and capture a feral cat, and of course oh. it was. But it was it was hilarious because you put the yummy little to- tasty thing inside. Yeah. Every domestic cat for miles around went in and got caught in the trap, and the feral cat sat and watched them and just laughed. There's no way he was going in there. He no, saw what happened. He, knew. he yeah. wasn't going in. We caught all every cat, my cat, multi-times, but right. never caught the feral so, cat. So the thing is, Paul, is to try and minimize the attraction. Exactly, yeah. So if there's yeah. no food source yeah. there, it doesn't attract the, the rodents. And um, so 
make sure you're not using a seed that has a whole bunch of fillers in it because mm -hmm. the birds are going to throw a lot of that to the ground and then do one without shells on it so that they're not sh even throwing the shells to the ground. And Paul, did you, you say there's there's also trays that you can get underneath to catch it? Yes, so you can put out trays, uh, catchers, you can put out seed, uh, catcher. uh, seed catchers. Mm -hmm. um, so even if there's a little bit falling, um, it, it doesn't hit the ground and there's no attractant. Mice and rats will come if there's an attractant there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's isolated, but but uh, if, if you do have that, you can easily prevent the problem by just eliminating the food source uh, mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, the birds will eat 100% of sunflower hearts uh, mm -hmm. when it's in the feeder because there's no mess, no shells. And it is nice and clean. There's no question. Yeah, they eat, uh, eat all of it. I, I live downtown Toronto, and I use that in my backyard all the time. And the amount of stuff that falls onto the ground is microscopic. Right. Yeah. The squirrels don't like it. They don't. Eh? Oh, do you use like, the, you, there's like a cayenne pepper spray or mix you can do. Do you yeah. do that? No, I just because there's nothing that's falling to the ground and oh. it's in a squirrel proof field. They don't like oh, they your can't. house at all. They, they don't like the setup because yeah. they can't get any. That's what food. they say to the other squirrels. They say, skip the Oliver house. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep going. There's nothing better there. stuff down there's the road. Nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's probably true. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, do you, this is way off topic, but maybe not. Do you sell bat houses? Yes, we do sell bat houses. Mm, uh, we I, sell bat houses, Canadian-made bat houses that are like, made locally. I like the and, idea of bat houses. And we also have kits that... because <laughs> you're uh, Robin. <laughs> yeah. We also have bat house kits that you can put together with okay. your uh, kids or yourself or uh, um, as a family activity. But uh, key with bat, bat houses in our climate is you want to have it facing south okay and you want it up about 12 feet in the air and hopefully under an, uh, an awning okay. or that so that uh, oh. um, it gets a bit of protection takes a little while for the bats to get there but once they they get there they'll actually colonize it and uh, nice. it's that very nice warm sun, sun yeah. southern uh, exposure uh, exposure because my understanding is that they can eat something like two or three times their weight in mosquitoes in a night they'll yeah. eat about 200 mosquitoes a day mm -hmm. wow. and, and you uh, have to clean those houses too right they're not. Uh, they're not so messy. No, what actually you need to clean is just if the stuff under Below. it on the ground, because right. oh, uh, the bottom's open. Right, they go in from underneath. Yeah. So when you're p picking a bad house, make sure that it's rough uh, where they actually enter, because they actually land on it and then they crawl in, right. and then they, but they they bed themselves. Like tight, tight, tight. Yeah. So, in, even in a small sardines. bat house, they're like sardines. Yeah. Yes, um, you may have fifty or sixty bats in one small little house. Wow! Wow! Okay. Think of the mosquitoes. Yeah, Whew. I know we have to go, but let, the do. code again is cardinal, and it's cardinal. good for about twenty-four hours. Yes. And the website again is urbannaturestore.ca. Excellent. Thank you, Paul, again for dropping by. We love having you here. And so I do the callers. fly right in. <laughs> <laughs> and you fly right back out after the show. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Ashi. Couldn't do any of this without everybody's help. Thanks to the callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.